throughout applying, accepting, and starting my Fulbright, I've been thinking about language. As an English teaching assistant, it's hard to escape. It's in my job title, English. This language brought to Kenya by missionaries and colonialists. This language that has a long history in East Africa and education. This language that is an official language of Kenya and is seen as a connector around the world, but also brings with it a legacy of colonialism and is part of neo-imperialism. This language that I teach every day to my students, standing in front of my classroom of Kenyan students with my American accent, trying to empower my students through their knowledge of this language and letting them take control of it while still thinking about the history of why this language dominates in the Kenyan education system. When coming here, part of what made me feel a bit better about my role is that I studied Kiswahili in the U.S. and in Tanzania, so I could use that language as a bridge and think of my role as more exchange, learning from each other. This has been the case somewhat, but I have found in Nairobi that the vast majority of people I interact with speak great English. My students speak English fluently, and most of them have for most of their lives. It's often their third language. They first learn their mother tongue or local language, then Kiswahili, and then English. Even so, this means they've been speaking English at least since they started elementary school. So my role is more of a traditional English teacher rather than an English as a second language teacher. I've observed that people still speak Kiswahili a lot, especially in casual conversation, but they switch to English easily and talk to me in English by default. This means that my Kiswahili skills really have not improved very much since moving here, unfortunately. I definitely could have done a better job of trying to switch to conversations back into Kiswahili, but it's challenging and it feels maybe a little selfish or forced to have people help me practice my Kiswahili when they start the conversation in English and seem to be comfortable in English. In this episode, I'm going to turn to a Kiswahili teacher and an English teacher at my school to discuss languages and how they work at my school and their importance for the students. Oh, wow. What shots do you have to get to go there? How interesting. Where is that? Hmm. What languages do they speak there? I'm Megan Mason Dister, and this is Nine Months in Kenya, a podcast about my life living in Nairobi, Kenya, for nine months as a Fulbright English teaching assistant. Uh, first and foremost, it's important for them to learn Kiswahili. Why? Because in Kenya, Kiswahili uh, is both an official language and also a, a local language. Uh, you find that uh, when you go to most offices, uh, you either speak in Kiswahili or English. So it's good for them to learn Kiswahili so that they can express themselves better. And also they can be, even uh, apart from expressing themselves also, uh, you can find that in the media, they also present or uh, present uh, news in English and Kiswahili. So it's an important language to learn. And apart from uh, communicating also, uh, it can be a source of income. For example, like me, I earn my salary through Kiswahili, uh, through teaching Kiswahili, and therefore it's very important. Uh, other, uh, other than that, also, uh, Kiswahili is important. Why? Uh, apart from uh, you teaching, also you can earn either like uh, an interpreter. You see, for example, when tourists come to Kenya and uh, maybe they don't understand Kiswahili, and mostly they're in the coast, and in the coast they mostly uh, they mostly speaking Kiswahili. Therefore, you can get a job. You be a uh, what a translator. Yeah. Kiswahili too <coughs> serves the same purpose as English. Without it, uh, since it's a core subject too, 
career-wise, they ain't in a better position in our country. Secondly, Kiswahili also acts as a booster subject to some extent, given the fact that most students in our school kind of have uh, mother tongue interference when it comes to the English language. Therefore, if they school highly in uh, Kiswahili, it becomes a better option for them than those who don't. I'm Bridget Juma, a teacher of English and Literature in Nairobi Muslim Academy, and I hold the position of the head of department languages, which comprises of English, Kiswahili, and Arabic. Uh, my name is Mariam Rajab Abdallah. Uh, I'm a teacher. I teach history and Kiswahili in Nome. Yeah, I'm a Kenyan. I come from Mombasa. Yeah, and my language is Kiswahili. Okay, my local language. I speak Kiswahili. Yeah. Um. So, why? Um, why do you think it's important that the students learn English at NMA? English as a subject is meant for communicative purposes. Number one, English also is an aspect that has to be tested in their national examination. Mm -hmm. Of course, it is integrated with a bit of literature, which at the end of the day, they are in a position to cover a number of aspects related to their various communities and traditions that they come from. Secondly, English as a subject is important because it is meant for career development. Students tend to choose careers that are in line with the English subject. For instance, journalism, uh, report writers, mm -hmm. amongst others. Yeah, and for any career, a student has to score highly in English. It forms the basis for any career in Kenya. I found this to be true. And also, the Kenyan education system is highly focused on exams. All secondary students in Kenya take the Kenyan Certificate of Secondary Education exam at the end of secondary school. There's a lot of focus on this exam because it determines if and where students can go to university in Kenya along with what they can study at university. All of the exams besides Kiswahili and other languages are in English. So every subject besides Arabic and Kiswahili is taught in English at NMA. Um, how does the teaching of English um, influence like Kiswahili? How do you balance both of those? Do you think Kiswahili should be taught more than it is? Or do you think English, because I, I know it's just interesting to me as an outsider because you know English is taught and and it's supposed to be the language that all the subjects are tested in. Okay. But then Kiswahili is the national language, yeah. but it's the only taught in one subject. Yeah. What do you think about that balance? Okay, uh, actually the balance makes the the what the learning of the uh, language somehow difficult. Why? Because the sometimes the students don't see the the need, or they they don't see the the, the emphasis 
for them to to be very um, fluent in the language. Why? Because they say even if I speak Kiswahili or I don't, I, I can still uh, communicate in English. And most of the languages, um, sorry, most of the lessons are, are tested in English. And it's it's important. And that's why, by the way, the uh, English or the fact that. Uh, uh, the, what, the language is only tested in one subject, it makes it very difficult to write because uh, when you see the balance, uh, a lot of emphasis is on English and not Kiswahili, and therefore it makes that even the, the students don't perform, they don't perform well in the, in the subject. So it's, uh, it's a matter of struggling, yeah? They are struggling, even the teaching, and sometimes even the, when you are teaching, uh, the students want to, to mix the languages, as in they cannot express themselves clearly in Kiswahili, and they want to express themselves using uh, some terms in English which is so challenging. Yeah, but we are trying. Arabic, the third subject, acts as a booster subject in this school. Yeah? Uh, basically, it is meant for upgrade, uh, uh, upgrading the schools in the school. Also, there are those students who are interested in going out countries and as a result, Arabic gives them an upper hand over the others. Also in career development, Arabic comes in and handy. Yeah. Um, is there, are the kids ever allowed to speak their mother tongue? Are they only supposed to speak English or Swahili or Arabic? In NMA, the allowed languages to use for communication are three. Mm -hmm of which each is given a specified day. Mm -hmm. English is to be spoken right from Monday to Thursday. On Friday, they adopt Kiswahili. Mm -hmm. And Arabic, it is only to be used with the Arabic teacher in class. Mm -hmm. Right? Okay. Mother tongue is a complete no-go zone in the school. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, actually, mother tongue interferes a lot. And uh, for example, if uh, a student uh, comes from the what, uh, from the town, the the shen that they speak in the town maybe it will influence the the language in Kiswahili. And you find that this uh, child, instead of speaking pure uh, Kiswahili language, they'll uh, they'll, they'll mix the the language together with the the shen. Or even uh, even if maybe the pronunciation also. Uh, for example, if uh, a child is from maybe. Kikuyu community or from uh, Kamba community, you find that the mother tongue, the pronunciation that is done in mother tongue, it, it influences her language or her speaking in, in Kiswahili. And, and therefore, uh, I think the mother tongue also plays a lot. And sometimes it's not uh, easy for you to correct uh, your, what your mother tongue influence in the, in the language. But I think uh, with learning and with a lot of practice, then it can be done. Is there ever um, concern about like, loss of culture because they're not speaking their mother tongue or the kids don't study it actively at school? Apparently, we've encountered a number of uh, issues concerning the mother tongue thing. Mm. Why? They kind of uh, try to speak in mother tongue and the name of speaking in Arabic because the teachers uh, do not comprehend, <laughs> right? Therefore, it is a uh, uh, prohibited. <laughs> no use of mother tongue, regardless of the situation, be it with a teacher, be it with a, a parent, be it with a fellow student, strictly adhere to the language policy of the school. Mother tongue 
ain't a subject in school. No. But it kind of affects the performance in the sub and the language subjects. Yeah. Mother tongue, however, can be used in the integration of literature in the teaching of English subject. For instance, we have what we call oral literature, which can be depicted from various communities the students come from, of which two is inclusive in the syllabus. Yeah? For instance, if I were to extract a riddle and use it as a teaching aid in the literary class, I can decide to pick it from a community that a student is coming from in their own mother tongue. But again, there is the translation part of it. A student has to write it in mother tongue but give a translation of it in English or in Kiswahili based on the two subjects. Is also there in Kiswahili, the oral literature uh, part is called the uh, Fasihi Sibulizi, and this whereby uh, a lot of the culture uh, stuff is taught, like uh, how uh, you, you tell stories, how different communities do, like uh, what celebrations, maybe bath weddings etc mm -hmm. yeah, so it's also there in Kiswahili mm -hmm. and it helps a lot though it's a, a bit difficult for the students but it's interesting and it makes the subject become more lively yeah 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 I think the kids like learning it in English but then yeah. they struggle with all the tests yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's hard <laughs> at least it's, it makes the, the language fun right I think yeah so and the lesson also uh, oral literature depicts aspects of performance as well as uh, spoken language. Mm -hmm. How well can a student uh, take the performance aspect, combine it with uh, the spoken aspect, right? right. Therefore the term oral. Mm -hmm. yeah? The performance basically is all about uh, the use of the non-verbal cues as well as the verbal cues of communication. Then the spoken part of it is how well you are as a speaker in terms of a public speaking, right? And that comes in to why we teach them the aspects of um, public speaking with the aid of oral li literature, yeah. right? And again, oral rich literature exposes them to share and appreciate their cultural values yeah from where they coming from their backgrounds yeah yeah definitely. um what literature do you read in kiswahili uh the literature um the novel that we read it's called uh, the mm -hmm. then we have the short stories it's called uh, what? the it's called uh, the name. Okay, it's called what? <laughs> and then the play, it's called uh, Kigogo. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so those are the literature books that we read. Yeah, are they written by Kenyan authors? Or yeah, or? they are written by Kenyan uh, authors. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Huh. We tend to abide by literally texts adopted basically either from the from African countries, mm -hmm. if not African countries, uh, Shakespearean literature, literature mm -hmm. uh, and so on. Uh. Yeah. So, literature uh, basically comprises of uh, 
three things, mm-hmm. right? We have three set texts, one which is compulsory and two which are, no, two which are compulsory and then we have the three others which are optional. Okay. For examination purposes, huh, we tend to test, I mean to teach the learners on a three. Okay. The two compulsory and then the one from the optional text. And this, currently, the form threes and the form fours are doing a literary text written by H. Arroliculeta, who is a Kenyan, Blossoms of the Savannah, mm-hmm. number two. Uh, the second compulsory is by Henry Gibson, a both house. And then number three, a short stories text, mm, Memories We Lost, right? Mm-hmm. A combination of the three will comprise content that is covered in paper two and in paper three, which is examinable in their national examination. Yeah. yeah, what do you think about that balance of the authors of the different literature that they study? Actually, it exposes the learners to a variety of language, mm-hmm. right? Okay. For instance, um, the play Adolf's House by Henry Gibson mm-hmm. kind of uh, uh, opens the students' minds from um, to form a different thinking ideology. Yeah. Yeah. The storyline ain't so straightforward as compared to someone like H. R. Oliculet, who has written Blossoms of the sub- uh, 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 student in uh, exposed to various language uh, styles that mm-hmm. are used in a different um, by used by different authors. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why do you think those books are important for the students to read? Uh, I think it's important since, okay, it will also work as a motivation for the, for the students. Since they are Africans and the books that they read, they are also written by Africans. And also uh, the experiences that are maybe reflected in the books, uh, at least the students can relate to them. Why? Because it's part and parcel of their, their culture. So I think that's good. Yeah. yeah. Because uh, when uh, maybe uh, the, the author is not from your, your your, maybe your country or uh, your culture, then maybe the things that, that will be reflected in the book, uh, maybe you'll not understand them or it will be hard for you to relate to, to them. But then if it is from uh, an African and you are still an African, or uh, yeah, an African and the things that are there in the book, uh, they also happen in the, in the society, then it's better for you also. They understand better and also they, they can at least relate and uh, remember the stories better and therefore perform well even in the exams. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I found that some of my students at first they would write, you know, stories about characters who are like have white skin or have blonde hair and that's fine. Like they can be creative and write whatever they want, but I think sometimes they don't think that they can write about their own lives, you know. They think they have to write about people far away. Which is like they can write about their own lives, like they can write about Kenya. (laughs) And they've gotten better about it, I think, realizing that. I mean and it's okay to do have a balance, but it's interesting what they write about. I think it's also um, a problem with the westernization. You see, yeah. uh, when uh, they through the movies that they watch, uh, and so many maybe they also the books that they read. Uh, I think the characters, most of them, they are white, and they I think they they they've been brainwashed that they think maybe uh, somebody with blonde hair is better. It's more presentable. Etc. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just I don't know. 
yeah. westernization and such stuff. But maybe with a lot of uh, teaching, with, with a lot of emphasis, maybe it can be corrected. Uh, if they if it's emphasized that uh, they, they write more about themselves, then I think it can be corrected. But I think it's because of the, the life also that they live, watching the movies at home, etc. And you see most of the movies that they watch, uh, uh, it's not... Uh, Common for you to find a teenager watching a, a movie as in traditional movie. Mostly they'll use, uh, they'll, they'll what? They'll go with, uh, they'll choose the movies that are maybe they are, they what? They have a lot of uh, current affairs, maybe things that relate more to their work, to their youths, and which will be mostly westernized. And therefore that's why they don't like uh, maybe writing about themselves, talking about themselves. Yeah. 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 But I think uh, it can be corrected. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's cool that, I mean, even in. English classes, they're reading books by African authors. I mean, there's some books that aren't by African authors, but a lot of them are. Let's switch to school. Yeah, so they skip that exposure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. Um, do you think the English, like, colonial legacy influences Kenya's education system at all? Mm, I don't know. Okay, my <laughs> It's a hard question. It's whatever you think. <laughs> Yeah, I think it does. It, it does. Why? Because okay, they, when the colonialists came, they since they were speaking the language, uh, I think they they also put a lot of uh, emphasis on the on the language, and uh, this also influences the uh, the people as well as the population as well as the students. And uh, English is seen to be like a. Uh, the standards of English or the, the, the what, how can I call it, the rank of English, yeah, it seems to be higher than uh, the, the rank of Kiswahili. As in when uh, students speak in English or communicate in English, they feel that uh, as in they are more superior than the ones who are speaking English. And therefore I think also it has influenced a lot. And apart from that also some books, yeah, uh, the first books were translated in English and even the, the system, the, the education system also, it, it puts a lot of emphasis on English and therefore uh, the colonialists also, they, they, did, they influence a lot there, the teaching and the system. Mariam and Bridget both provide practical and culturally aware points of view about the languages taught at NMA. The reality is students need to have a strong understanding of English and Kiswahili in order to go to a good university and get a good job in the future. I still do not completely understand the disdain they express about the mother tongue, and it seems sad to me that these students are forbidden to speak in a language familiar and culturally significant to them. But it does make sense to me when trying to focus the students on languages that will practically help them in the future. I teach grammar, reading comprehension, writing, and pronunciation to my students, but when we arrive at a unit about oral literature, teacher Bridget takes over and teaches the students. I've loved observing her teach oral literature because she gets the students so engaged and excited about the topic. They talk about their traditional cultures and their words for certain ideas, and then discuss oral narratives or poetry or songs or riddles in English. It's neat to watch this intersection of English and local languages and culture. The students are lucky to have a teacher like her who engages with them deeply about these ideas. I want to thank Mariam and Bridget for letting me interview you and welcoming me into the language department at NMA. Thank you all so much for listening, and I will hopefully have another podcast released sometime in the next month. Please do reach out if you have questions or suggestions for certain things you'd like me to focus on in coming episodes about living in Nairobi. Talk to you soon.